Welcome to the Essay for FA's Retirement Advisor podcast, a series that addresses issues of importance to financial advisors when dealing with the preeminent issue on their clients' minds, namely their desire for financial independence. I'm your host, Gil Weinrich, and today's topic concerns retirement risks, including those mentioned everywhere and one that is mentioned nowhere. The Society of Actuaries has published its 2020 risk chart, a fourth edition of retirement risks it first introduced in 2003. I have addressed the various risks noted in the report previously and will omit a thorough review this time because it would simply take too long. Instead, I'll offer a broad overview and then will offer my thoughts on what advisors and investors really need to prepare for risks. As a bonus, if you stick around to the end, I will mention a risk you won't see in this report or in virtually any other place that I think is of greater significance to the life of your clients. The Society of Actuaries groups post-retirement risks into three broad categories, economic risks, personal planning concerns, and unexpected events. The economic risks are inflation, the effect of interest rates on assets and income, the ups and downs of the economy and markets, and employer solvency. The personal planning considerations include longevity, post-retirement employment and the move to full retirement, changes in housing and support needs, and the death of a spouse or divorce in retirement. Under unexpected events, the Society of Actuaries lists public policy changes, major health care needs, unforeseen family needs, and elder abuse. This is all solid, But what really gave me pause about covering it was the very beginning of the report, where it is noted that, quote, readers can start to recognize and plan for the risks they face and recognize the trade-offs that may be involved, end quote. As I read that, I thought to myself, does my 82-year-old mother really need to read a dense 36-page report and take good notes to be prepared for these many risks? The report is addressed to the general public, though in a few spots it says, if needed, consult advisors. I think that financial advisors in general are going to be more interested in geeking out on these issues, but all this got me thinking. You don't have to be living in fear at age 70 or 82 about the possibility that these issues will affect you. To the contrary, your whole life should prepare you through the development of the knowledge, experience, and wisdom needed to face these issues so that you are prepared to meet them all in retirement without fear. And by all means, that includes knowing what resources you personally lack and therefore getting the needed help professionally to make up for that deficiency. In other words, the approach that I have taken in my podcasts and articles, in other words, the approach that I have taken in my podcasts and articles has always been to emphasize the key principles involved in investing, specifically so that you needn't ever sweat the small stuff, because those items derive from these principles. I will cite one big example. Diversification. You can read 100 articles on a range of scary investment risks, but those risks will generally melt away before this one cardinal principle of investing, which is to diversify your assets. The Society of Actuaries report mentions diversification 11 times. It would be impossible to discuss investing intelligently without referencing this topic. Even still, the discussion is not always on target. For example, Its advice for managing the risks of financial markets puts it this way, I quote, Use a diversified investment strategy. Take advantage of stocks and bonds as part of the portfolio, but do not invest too much in any one stock or bond, end quote. 
The problem with this is that it divests diversification of its full power, which is all too typical of financial market commentary, which tends to see stocks and bonds as the main investment tools. As I have long argued, real estate and cash are even more valuable as tools to diversify investment securities like stocks and bonds, which have aligned closely over the past decades. The reason for real estate is that your home or farm are sitting on land. Unless you have the misfortune of owning property on a former nuclear testing site, land usually retains a large measure of its value. Stocks reflect the world of commerce, in which prices move much more rapidly in both upward and downward directions. Cash is inert, except when it is eaten up by inflation on the downside, or gives the investor staying power and purchasing power when other assets are on sale. When advisors teach or investors learn the value of diversification and experience these benefits throughout their life, they will most likely reach retirement adequately diversified and without a whole lot of worry about the economic factors addressed in this report. And that brings me to possibly the biggest retirement risk, one which is not discussed in this or other reports, but one that relates directly to my point about learning how to face life's challenges at earlier ages so as to arrive at retirement with the confidence and support to face every risk. I would place this risk in the Society of Actuaries' second personal planning category near the discussion of longevity. In a recent book, retirement finance expert Moshe Malevsky makes an important distinction between chronological age and biological age. Most people, he says, are focused on how many times they've circled the sun. How long have they lived? How long will they live? He explains that biological age is more important and has implications for retirement planning. A healthy and fit 60-year-old may need to plan for decades of retirement and make provisions for appropriate health care. An unhealthy 60-year-old with the same assets and income would have a very different retirement plan. That is a helpful distinction. But allow me to propose here a third category. For lack of a better term, let's call it ontological age. Here, the risk is not that you won't live much longer or might live several more decades because of an excellent genetic endowment. Here, the fear is that you may be 60 years old, but stopped really living at age 30 by going through the motions, by stopping to think independently, and worst of all, ceasing to believe in yourself. This issue is of fundamental importance to retirement success. So many come to retirement unprepared because they feel unable to break out of destructive financial habits, such as spending more than they earn, or they needlessly limit their earning potential because they're too afraid to leave a job they hate or take the risk that they can earn a decent livelihood doing the thing they love most. If you've lived long enough, you will eventually see that the financial givens people assume to be true are not as fixed as generally supposed. I've seen doctors with high incomes but poorer than expected lifestyles, and photographers with much smaller incomes but extremely rich lifestyles. And so I recommend that financial advisors and investors focus on ontological age. And please let me know if you've got a better name for it. The key advantage of this focus is that those who progress in their lives developing their knowledge and experience will come prepared for every stage of life without fear and with the vitality to get more out of their working lives and retirements. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast of value, I would be much obliged if you would pass it on to other advisors to keep this FA project growing. This is Gil Weinrich for Seeking Alpha.